Our scripture reading is taken from the letter to the Philippians. Chapter 3, verse 18. I'll invite you to stand as we have the reading of God's word. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Please be seated. Heavenly Father, I come to you knowing that I'm utterly unable to properly present your word. I pray, Father, that your blessing will rest upon me and upon those who are here. I pray for that heavenly wisdom as you preached this difficult subject, and may it be done in with a loving heart and in the right spirit. For I pray in Jesus' name, amen. What I wanted to give you a little bit of a background, a few weeks ago, we were visited by some members who were not by members, but some folks who were members of an offshoot known as the Branch Davidians. And they were friendly enough, and as we were talking, you know, red flags went up a little bit. And they asked for our phone numbers, and they took them down, and some of you may have actually received text messages from them. And I received a text message from them you know, talking about the 144,000. And that's when the flags went up because one of their principal beliefs is that God is going to take literally 144,000 Seventh-day Adventists of Jewish descent and magically clear out the Palestinians, the Jews, and the Muslims from Israel and set up a Davidic kingdom. And then after that, Hutef, who was the founder of this, claimed that he was going to be on the throne that they would set up. And as we looked at that, and uh, you know, I told them that this is not a biblical Message. This is not biblically sound, and we want to be biblically sound. And in fact, when Hutef, in the 1930s, when uh, he started this movement, <clears throat> he, was presented, he presented it to the leaders of the General Conference, and it was soundly rejected, soundly refuted. But he was undaunted and continued on. He said he would not die, but he died a few years later. 
Then his wife, he left the authority of his church to his wife. And she predicted that, I believe it was in April of 1959, that uh, God would set up this Davidic kingdom in Israel. And of course, it didn't happen. She herself gave up on it and said, no, this is not sound biblically. And she walked away from it. You may remember a few years ago in Waco, Texas, that was their compound. And it burned. David Koresh was the leader. This group has no churches. This group has no ministries. They do not practice any health ministry, any teaching ministry, anything. The only thing they do is coming to Seventh-day Adventist churches and infiltrate and try to convince the people of God to join with them in their erroneous beliefs. I call him enemy of the church. Philippians 3.18, we'll read it again. For many walk, of whom I told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. When we walk a contrary to the plain, thus saith the Lord, when we walk that not in the light of God's love, when we walk not in the path of righteousness, we're walking contrary to what God has plainly said, then we will not have fellowship. 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. We cannot have fellowship with someone who is walking in darkness and doesn't want to walk in the light. The two cannot coexist. When I walk into a dark room and turn on the light, darkness scatters, it's gone. It's not dark. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he is the one who is going to sit on the throne. No matter what man says, no matter what tradition, no matter what they believe, no matter how they twist God's word, Jesus is still king. And his will is going to be accomplished. Paul was very concerned about the early church. He said in first, uh, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. Beside the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. My brothers and sisters, do you have a concern for the churches? Do you weep for the churches? Do you sigh and cry? for the salvation of the people. Paul had a deep concern because he knew what their condition was. He knew that some were being blown about by every wind of doctrine. Study to show yourself approved. 
ready workmen. Oh, there were times in his ministry when he was excited, but we have no record that he wept during such incidents. The great preacher who possessed unusual powers to recognize deadly dangers, facing the church, saw that Satan had succeeded to leaven the church with sinful characters, enemies of the cross of Christ. Later on, we see what happened. The church stayed straight away from the, the teaching of the apostles. Gnosticism, knowledge, so to speak. False knowledge came into the church. That's why 1 John was written. Oh, it came down where they said Jesus didn't have a real body. Because if he had a real body, it would be sinful. So the Gnostics thought and was teaching the others. But John says, uh-uh, I saw him, I heard him, I, I touched him. He's the word of life. And I believe that we too, by faith, can have that same experience through his word. Do we sigh and cry to know Jesus? And this caused him to weep. You know, there's always been war in the church. And that's because in Genesis, you know, when, when Adam and Eve fell, when Adam and Eve chose a different path, they did not walk in the light and the righteousness of God and chose that evil path, and they chose to disobey God. But as soon as they did that, as soon as there was a sin, there, there was a Savior. Amen? And we were talking in Sabbath school, and I, I, I believe this with all my heart. It doesn't matter where we've been, what we've done, how much sin we've committed, how much Satan berates us, how much Satan throws at our feet and throws in our minds. He could say, as, as I said in Sabbath school, worse than Pol Pot and Hitler and, and all those others combined. You know, Satan would have you believe that. Blood of Jesus is sufficient. The blood of Jesus is all you need. He died for you. And what does he say here in Genesis? I'll put enmity, I'll put dislike, I'll put war between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Soon as sin, there was a Savior. You thankful for that? As soon as sin, there was a Savior. There was war in heaven. There's war on earth, and in and, 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 and Revelation, it says the dragon was enraged with the woman. He's not happy. The woman represents the church, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. If, if you're keeping the commandments of God, Satan is going to sit back and say, oh, well, nothing I can do. He hates you. He wants you dead. More than that, he wants you in his kingdom. There's been murders in God's kingdom. We see from the very beginning of time. It says here in Genesis 4:8, Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it probably wasn't just a talk. It was probably quite angry talk. He talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and what? And killed him. What was the backstory here? 
They both set up altars. They both had a sacrifice to God. One was accepted and one was not. When we have bad theology such as Cain had, it leads to bad results. Bad theology leads to bad results every single time. The only thing we can build upon is the word of God and have success. You want success in your life? You want success in your business? Build upon the word of God. It's the only thing stable. The only thing, the only plan that God has given. There's a way which seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Anything we do that's contrary to the word of God leads to death. So it began at home. This enemy began at home. Brother killing his own brother. Matthew chapter 23, verse 31 and 35. You're talking about down through the, the, the history of Israel. You have witnesses against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. That on you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Barakiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. You know, Jesus laid it all out. Murdered in the temple, in the courtyard of the temple. Murdered because they didn't like the message that God had given them through the prophet. Let us not be like Israel and stop our ears when God is speaking to us. Sometimes we don't like what God tells us, do we? We don't like it, but it's best for us. Oh, that we may listen more attentively. Sometimes I cry out to God, Lord, I feel pride coming on. But I always know that pride leads to what? Destruction and a haughty spirit. Pride and haughty spirit leads to, to a fall. I say, Lord, I don't want to suffer the consequences. Take that pride from me because I know I can't do it without your help anyway. And anything I can do is only because you've enabled me to do it. I, I don't have any ability I don't even have much education. Anything I do is only because God has allowed me to do it and has given me the ability to do it. Nothing to be proud of. But as Paul says, my boast is in the Lord. Is our boast in the Lord. The only ability we have is through Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 20. 
28 to 33. Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. He's talking to us. He's talking to leaders in the church. He's talking to them to be shepherds and to be faithful. For I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So now brethren I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. I haven't coveted, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. So Paul is given a warning that there would be savage wolves. Savage wolves coming into the church. And how would they be dressed? They're going to come in announcing themselves as savage wolves. They're going to come in as sheep, as wolves in sheep's clothing. Oh, they'll be friendly enough and they'll be nice enough and to call themselves faithful members. But in reality, they're looking to pull as many from the flock as they can. And unusual enemies of the church. How do we say they're unusual? Because they're in the church already. They're in the church. They have the confidence of the brethren. They may be in leadership positions. They may be ones that, oh, have all the right characteristics, all the right knowledge. But they are false brethren. And they are hard to detect. They are hard to detect. You can see here. Without the circle around it, would you notice right off that that is not a sheep? That is not a lamb. You would not notice it at all, would you? Fits right in. Blends in. But he's just there looking for his next meal. They plant the seed of discord and do great harm to the cause of God. And it's terrifying to think that wolves in sheep clothing get in among the members of the church. When we think of these unusual enemies, we have reason to be deeply concerned for the safety of God's people. And I can tell you from the laws, it says here in Isaiah 8, I believe, chapter, uh, chapter 8, verse 14, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is... No light in them. As some versions put it, there is no dawn in them. Not even a glimmer of light. If Jesus is not with us, and Jesus is the light of the world, and Jesus is your light and my light, and he is our life, in him was life, and his life was the light of men. We expose the enemy of the church to the light. Well, what will happen? They will flee as darkness flees the light. They plant the seed of discord and do great harm. 
to the church of God. In what way then are the enemies of the cross of Christ? They profess Christianity, yet by their works, they deny the truth. They deny the First Timothy 5, verse 8. Let's take a look at that. Well, that one talks about if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So if someone comes to us and says, well, you don't need to take care of, take care of our brothers and sisters. You don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. It's a denial of the faith. Telling us to be careless, to watch out for yourself. Denial of the faith and worse than an unbeliever. Oh, we need to be careful out there. Love not the world, neither the things of the world. Why? Because it's passing away. If a believer comes to you and says, oh, you can have prosperity, you can have peace, you know, just, just follow the way I'm going to teach you. It goes contrary to the word of God. Then it's a problem. And will lead to just the opposite of what you were hoping for. They bring division and discord to weaken the church. Oh, the old divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. The lion roars and the sheep scatter. Who does the lion get? The weakest one. The weakest one. Let us not be weak in the word, but let us be strong in the word. Let us study God's word. Let us study these things out. Let us know the truth as it is in Jesus. I urge you, brother, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. In Galatians, he talks about if anyone, even if it's an angel, comes to you and preaches to you another gospel, he says to reject it. Oh, we must know the truth. We must know the truth. We must pray for the Holy Spirit because the promise is when he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Do we pray for the Holy Spirit? When we open God's word, Oh, the founder of this offshoot, he opened God's word, but he didn't rightly divide it, did not rightly interpret it, and caused a major problem. And when he was confronted with it, he refused to change. When he was shown that it was not biblically sound, he refused and walked off and started his own movement. They discredit the leaders and destroy confidence in the brethren. Another tactic, another trick of the enemy. Brother so-and-so is not good. 
brother so or sister so and so. Don't pay any attention to them. Listen to me instead. That's what they'll tell you. And destroy the confidence in the brethren who are doing all they can to uplift the church, to build up the church, and they're tearing it down. My brothers and sisters, never turn your guns inward. Lift up the church. Become strong in the word. Show the light of God's love in all that you do. Such enemies are not detected before they have done great damage. Sometimes, you know, anybody ever have to deal with carpenter ants? Sometimes you don't know they're even there, or termites, until the damage is evident. Maybe, you know, it could be severe and you fall through the floor because they've so weakened the beans. We need to detect and know before there is great damage. How do we do that? Well, many of you heard the story. I know Brother Phil told the story in one of his messages. <laughs> Someone studying counterfeits doesn't look at counterfeits, do they? What do they look at? The real thing. And they become so acquainted with the real thing that they know the fake immediately when they see it. Are we acquainted with the real thing? Are we thoroughly, have we thoroughly examined the truth of God's word? You know, when we approach God's word, we need to study it prayerfully. Whenever I open God's word, I always pray because I know I know in my humanity, I know in the way, I, I want to read it the way I want it. I want it to say what I want it to say. Not what I need it to say. I want it, it to excuse my life and my sin <laughs> instead of pointing me to one, the only one, who can take care of the problem. Jesus Christ, the righteous. Such enemies, they're not often not detected. And great damage is done. And oftentimes, let's be honest, the church does not live close enough to the Lord so that he can give them the needed warning before the damage has been done. We're not reading, we're not studying, we're not praying. We need to be in totally involved, totally immersed in the word of God. And God will speak to us and we'll know immediately when something is awry. Many of God's children are what? Sound asleep. We know that story in the, the ten young ladies. You know, they went to see, to meet the bridegroom. And what happened? They all fell asleep. And the cry went forth, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. And they woke up and five had enough oil and five didn't. Asleep. Are we asleep? Have I put you to sleep? 
Are, they, are we all sleeping? Signs of the times are everywhere. Like never before. And many of God's children are blind to it. Making plans for the future. Making plans. Yes, we need to make plans. We need to be prepared. But let's be prepared with an eye single to the glory of God. There's hypocrisy putting on a false front. Hard again to detect. And teaching false doctrines. We're living in sin, and it's a sad story of God's people. You know, sometimes I, I see what's going on, and it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart what is going on in the church of God sometimes. And all we can do is, is go to the Lord and, and, and ask Him to intervene, to ask Him to have these people come to repentance. We want to be sealed with the seal of God then we need to do that. We need to sigh and cry for the abominations that be in Israel. You know, and, and, and if we're not walking in the light and, and we're walking in sin, it will also lead us to be what? Dishonest in, in business. Yeah, the other day I was at Walmart and Ricka wanted a new glue gun and I saw one for $3, $3. So I bought the glue gun and a package of glue sticks, which was a dollar six. And she rang the, um, she didn't ring up the glue gun, she just rang up the sticks twice. So I'm looking at the receipt and I, I walked over and uh, I said, they never charged me for the glue gun. <laughs> so I went to the courtesy counter and, and, I, and I said, um, I'm sorry, I know this sounds ridiculous, but uh, you know, she charged me twice for the glue gun and uh, twice for the glue sticks and not the glue gun. And my conscience won't allow me to just walk out the store. So I had to pay $2 more. <laughs> but he that is faithful in what? In small things will be faithful in that which is greater. You know, it wouldn't allow My conscience said, no, this is not right. I'm stealing the glue gun if I don't pay for it. Just, it was just a $2 difference, but we can't do it. We have to be honest. We have to be honest in, what, in our business dealings. Let us be honest with ourselves. Let us be honest with others. Because if we're, if we're not, then we're not having the Spirit of Christ. We're not having the Spirit of Christ. You want to have success in business? Practice honesty. There was a story I read as an illustration many years ago. It's about a builder, very honest man, always built the house with the best of materials he could for the best price that he could, always used the finest marble and, and the finest blocks you know, to build the foundation and made sure everything was reinforced and, and did beautiful work. And if it wasn't good, he would redo it. And uh, he did this year after year, but he was getting older and, and time, time went on and, and uh, he, he was getting ready to retire because he couldn't physically do it anymore. And they said, oh, we want, somebody approached him and said, we want you to build a house. 
and uh, here's the budget for it. And so uh, someone said, well, you know, you've got to cut corners. This is your last house. You've got to cut corners. You have to, you have to cut corners and just, you know, you know, charge a higher price for this, but give them a lesser thing. And so he used substandard materials and substandard work. And, and uh, he built the house. And the, uh, the, the, the buyer came to him and looked at it and said, this is beautiful. Here's the keys. It was a gift for you. He built himself a substandard house. Don't build a substandard house. Build your house in the spirit of God. Build your house on the firm foundation, which is Jesus Christ, on the principles of his word. And you'll be safe. <coughs> and these folks caused discord among the brethren. We mentioned that a little while ago, so we'll not talk too much about that. They're rebels against church standards. Beware of these enemies of the cross. Do not give them room for one moment. Put them on notice that you'll not have their fellowship. You'll not have their fellowship. You'll not walk in their path. But you'll walk in the paths of righteousness. Is that your desire today? To walk in the paths of truth, in the path of light and love of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to show you a short video clip. And I encourage you to download this video. If I can find it here. And it's not on my taskbar anymore. Would you please help me? If you go to beyondadventist.com, you'll be able to download the whole uh, video and you will see exactly where this movement has come from. That arose in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, causing confusion, division, and eternal condemnation to many of its believers. But there was one man who stood for the truth while translating the false teachings of the shepherd's rod. Now, those doctrines are finally exposed. Unmasking the Wolf, a film production, tells the story of a man who became an active member of the Shepherd's Rod. Witness his powerful testimony and find the answers to these deceitful doctrines in the words of theologians who thoroughly evaluate these teachings, uncovering the truth. Available now in DVD, experience a powerful production with years in the making with teachings from the spirit of prophecy and the word of God, unveiling original documents of the shepherd's rod as never witnessed before. And now you unmask the wolf. I am the shepherd's rod. And uh, if, you, if you go to beyondadventist.com and search for it, it's a free download actually. You don't need to purchase anything. Um, some of the things he talks about in there, uh, for instance, in uh, Nahum, the, the scatterer has come before your face. Uh, Hotef interpreted that to mean Hitler. And Hitler was already dead and the war was long over. Could not be true. 
He talked about UFOs. He talked about the chariot of Jesus uh, landing in the United States and following them. He talked about when Elijah, was Elisha uh, the prophet? And he mentioned uh, they, they were surrounded by the Syrian armies and the servant was, and I uh, said, chariots and horses, those were UFOs. And he said, aliens are going to help them in their Davidic kingdom. I'll leave it up to you <laughs> to look further, but I encourage you to view this film. It's an hour and something long, and he goes through his story. And, 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 and you know, I want to leave you with this. Take heed. If a man thinks he stands, take heed, lest he fall. He was an educated man. He had a bachelor's degree. Uh, in, I believe in, in, he was going to be a pastor. He was a pastor. And he fell for this Davidian branch. And then when he was asked to translate some of their original writings into Spanish or Portuguese, uh, he found it was totally uh, in error. So I encourage you today to be strong in the word. Strong in the word, built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Father in heaven, we're thankful for your word, and we're thankful for the word of life, Jesus. And we pray, Father, that um, your spirit will be with us, will be in us, and that we will listen to your voice, Father, and build our homes, our lives on the solid rock, the rock of Jesus Christ. For in his name we pray, amen. amen.